Tov. Today's doc is Memalis. We pick up at the bottom of Mem. I'm with Beth. And we are, um, um, uh, where are we? Um, okay. Tashma. It's, it's uh, six lines from the bottom, middle of the, middle of the line, right near where the plus is called, right near the circle. So again, to remind you what we're doing, we are having this question about um, whether the Hagrola is Ma'akev or not. Whether, uh, whether the actual drawing of lots prevents the ceremony from being acceptable. Um, Rabbi Shimon says the whole, the whole pairing isn't ma'akev, right? And that was the chirish of Rabbi Shimon's position. That Rabbi Shimon's position was that, um, that based on, thank you, based on, um, as we pointed out yesterday, based on the way he reads the pasuk about Yamad Chayli Sneashem Lechaparalav, the way Tosus understands it, um, that actually he does not link, he says, for the seer to be, Hamishaleach to be good, you have to do what you need to do for the seer Hamishaleach. But it's not linked to what happens to the other seer. And, uh, therefore for him, um, you don't even need to do the whole video, you don't even need to do the whole, the whole pairing. You don't have to do anything. But that's Rebbe Shimon. According to everyone else, you, of course you have to do the pairing or whatnot, but do you have to bidyeved do the lottery? Let's say you just designated verbally without doing the lottery. This is being debated in the Gemara between Rebbe Yochanan and Rebbe Yanai, and to some degree it's maybe connected to the debate of Rebbe Yehuda and Rebbe, um, and Rebbe Yirmiya about other things, whether they're Ma'akev or not, or whether, or Rebbe Nechemia, whether order is Ma'akev. So that's the question, whether the Hagrala is Ma'akev. Let's take a look at where this goes. So the Gemara says like this. Um, Toshma, come in here. Um, hold on just one second. Fix something here. Okay. Alright. Tashma, come in here. So how do you read Vasau Khatat? You could read Vasau Khatat maybe means and then you shechted as Khatas. Or, if you want to read about designation, it could be, God's name was Allah, Allah, and then he makes it a chathas, maybe he designates it, maybe he declares it as a chathas, which would mean the girl doesn't make it a chathas. The bright here is learning, ve'asahu, means, asher lav ha-goral ha-shem, ve'asahu, and the goral had made it into a chathas. And that's how it's reading the pasuk. Not that Aaron will ve'asahu chathas, but the Goral, Asher Allah, Allah, Goral, Allah, Hashem, the Asahu, and the Goral had made it into a Chatat. So let's take... Because for the Goral had made it. Exactly. It's like for... Right, right, exactly. Or the Goral had already made it a chatat. Right, or the Goral, which you know, which the Goral had had been had fallen upon it and had made it into a chatat. Okay, the Asahu chatat. So that's the way it's reading. Hagoral, Hagoral, chatat. The ain Hashem Osehu chatat. So the Goral makes it a chatat and not the name. Now the name could mean it says Hashem chatat, so the name of Hashem, but it also means not the designation. No verbal designation makes it into a chatat. It is just the goral itself that makes it. Yes, but there's no verbal designation. It's the act of the go- the law having fallen on it. Shame. It means well. Let's take a look. Let's take a look as it continues. Okay. I could have made a kavachomer that that this should work. That the, de- uh, the designating of it without the goral should work. 
what's in a place where the lots are not significant you know normally as we're going to see where would it anyway be a relevant scenario of drawing lots on an animal so the best you know you could say well you make you, 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 you know two animals as a corpse and you haven't said which is which but that's like what? that's bizarre so, but there is a case where that happens which is birds when you take a, you know, the whole Masechus Kinim is about taking two birds, cause it's her, and it's her often has a person, a person particularly like at the end of a Tara process, a Yoledes, a Zavah, Mitzorah, etc., you take two birds, and one is an Ola and one is a Chatos. And we're going to see in a minute that actually, and this is a very strange halacha by these, you don't designate, have to designate them at the beginning. You can take them as a pair, and the designation can come later. And that designation, and we'll see when that occurs, comes through verbal designation. Okay, so that's going to be compared to this case, which is through the drawing of lots. So let's read this. Yes. Where you sanctify, but that also is already kodesh meirechem. You might do an additional, you know, sanctification. Right. But okay. But that's but that's the, but the kiddush Hashem. But it's a before even without the kiddush Hashem. So so. Right. Well, we're contrasting it to a case, but we're testing it to a case where verbal designation is required and makes it a chatas, and a, and, so and a lot of it does not. If you did not designate it, still a bechor, correct? It's a mitzvah to also sanctify it, but it's kadosh even without a verbal designation. When the girl doesn't work, like by the case of the two birds, nevertheless the designation works. So here you see shame means like the verbal designation. Um, where the girl does work, like by the uh, goats. How much more so should a verbal designation work? That's even better. You directly, you know, verbally say this is a chatos. No, the Gora made had made it into a chatas. Only the Gora, not the name. Now, that is pretty clear because if you say the Gora is not Ma'akev, how else are you going to determine which is the chatas and which is the which is the Yilashem and which is the Yilazazel? <coughs> the only way you would be able you would do it is through a verbal designation. And this bright is saying, sorry, but verbal designation won't work. You've got to do it through the drawing of lots. So if that's true, clearly you need to draw lots. You don't have another way of, of, of designating. So let's take a look. Now, of course, we had discussed before, maybe this depends on Reb Yehuda, Reb Nechemia. Maybe, maybe this is, you know, maybe only Reb Nechemia, who normally says things are ma'akev, would up be this position. But now we're going to prove that it's even Reb Yehuda. Stam Sifra money. Now, this is a Sifra. This is a Torah Kohanim, the, the Tanaitic commentary, um, you know, halachic commentary on Zayikra. And that is Stam, it's not named. So the anonymous voice in the Sifra, the Gemara says, is Mani is Reb Yehuda. We know by tradition that that is Reb Yehuda. He is the uh, author of the Sifra. He's the anonymous voice. So this is a Reb Yehuda position. The Katani Hagoro Osechata, so Hashem Osechata. Only the drawing of Lot, not the verbal designation. Alma Hagrala Ma'akva. You see, the drawing of Lot is Ma'akev. Because that is the only way. If you, if, if you can't call it, designate it, that won't work. The only way you can do it is by drawing lots. You have no other choice but to draw the lots. This is an absolute contradiction to the one who says that the drawing of Lot does not, is not Ma'akev, and that's how the Gemara ends. So the end of the Gemara, although we had writers before going both ways, because of this, the Gemara ends conclusively that even the most extreme position, 
right? Even there were questions whether is the debate in Rebbe Huda is the debate in Reb Nechemia. But here the Gemara concludes that whether Rebbe Huda, whether Reb Nechemia, everybody would agree that the drawing of lots is ma'akev, okay? And therefore, and that position wins out. <coughs> However, even though it's even though as we pointed out, I'm going to say, even though as we pointed out, it's not an avoda. Right? You can do it with a non-co, the Kohen Gadol, Kohen Gadol doesn't have to, it could be the skan, could be the left hand. So again, it's pretty interesting, something that's ma'akev, that's not designated as an avoda. Um, and the other thing is to remember, yes, that according to Rabbi Shimon, not just as the, he would, he's the outlier position, he's the real, like, contrary voice. He's saying not only is the drawing of lots not ma'akev, the whole pairing of it is also not ma'akev, and they're really independent. Bidyeved, l'chadchil, of course you do it, but bidyeved, they could be independent of one another. Another. So what is it? It's a mitzvah of the kahuna? It is a... It's a mitzvah of the avoda. What do you mean? According to Rabbi Shimon? Yeah. According to Rabbi Shimon, in other words, it's not a... It's it not is not a It's not an avoda. It's not an avoda, but it's a requirement of, you know... So what exactly gets labeled... Like mitzvot from... No. I know that's no. Not no. Not it's one of the pratim of how you do the avoda Yom Kippurim. But not every detail is... Now that raises the question, what is the significance of labeling something in avoda? Exactly. One significance exactly. of it is labeling it is whether it requires a Kohen or on Yom Kippur, whether it requires a Kohen Gadol, whether it um, can be done, needs to be done be a mean, right? Right, um, you know, so there are like certain, there there are various halachot about what are the consequences of something being an avodah. But it's tricky because it gets to the question of shchita. Shchita doesn't need a kohen. Is shchita an avodah that's clear bizarre, or is it not an avodah? You know, so that's a good example. And and if you don't have the abigadim then the avodah is psulah. So, watching the Yadav Raglayim, if you don't do it, the Avodah is Psula, but it's not an Avodah per se. But exactly what gets designated as an Avodah is tricky. Is it like, is it like a, backwards, a, fun, a, you know, a backwards designation? If we find out that you need a Kohen and you need Yamin, then we're going to call it an Avodah. Um, or is it, you know, some other thing? Like, well, is it, <laughs> right, so it's, right, so something well, along those lines, right, you know. All right. Anyway, that is it's a larger conversation. But um okay. So let's take a look. Now we're going to take a look at this issue about where verbal designation works but drawing lots does not work. Um, so we'll look at the issue about verbal designation. Four lines from the top. The kinim, the birds, which is, you know, it talks about a con, like a, a, a nest, a, a, a pair of birds, are not made explicit, are not designated which is which, which is the chatos, which is the olo, because as I said, they often come in pairs, like by a zav or a zava. So, ela oblikichas ba'alim, either at the moment where they're purchased, if he's going to purchase a pair of birds to use for his korban, he, he can say at that moment, this is an ola, this is a chatos. Or when the Kohen does it, meaning when the Kohen shechs it. That's normally how we would read ve'asahu, meaning the shechting of it, the bringing of it as a korban. Malika, or malika. yeah, I use shechting loosely. The, the malika. Um, so, but if he purchases it, and this is a fascinating idea. This guy has to bring a korban or this woman. She purchases these two birds and she's going to bring it in a week from now. A day before she goes to the base of Mishra, she says, the gray one is a chatas, the white one is an ola. So it doesn't matter. You know, they were bought, bought without designation. You cannot no, not designate it. These have to be designated now only by the Kohen when he actually does the Malika. Now, obviously, if I sent, you know, initially I sanctify this for this and this for that, but this, this idea of the two birds is a fascinating halacha. They can be like sanctified as a pair without being specified, but you normally couldn't do that. Like, you normally couldn't say, I'm going to take these two cows and I'm going to sanctify them as a chatasola and I'll sort of decide which later. You know, if you 
could do it, it would be discussion of yesh breira, could you retroactively, but here they're lichatchila, sort of purchased as a pair, and then there's a moment of designation. So it's, so then we can, so that could be at specific moments you're entitled to do that designation, and it works, and at other moments not. What were you saying, Michael? No, I'm sorry, what do you mean by the chat balinas when they purchase, purchase it? Yes, that's not the chiddush. The chiddush is if you didn't do it at the time of purchase, it has to be basiyat hakohen. That is correct. Okay, Amar Rav Shimi Bar Ashi. My time is Rav Chizda. What's the reasoning of Rav Chizda? The verse says, Vilakha. Okay, so Rashi has the pasuk. It's Vyasa. There are two sukim which relate to the one being a chatas and one being an ola. So if you look at Rashi about six lines down in the narrow lines, Vilakha Vyasa. Bioletiski, Vilakha Shte Tarim Oshne Beneona. So she shall take. So when she, she purchases either the two turtle doves or the two, uh, pigeons, um, Echad Leola, the Echad Lechatas. It says she takes them, one to be an ola, one to be a chatas. So when she takes them at the moment, of purchase, then they can be designated one is a chatas, one is a sola. Now by the Zav, when he brings his two birds, it says the Kohen will make one chatas, which suggests that until that moment, it has not yet been determined which is the chatas, which is the ola. So those are the two moments that are significant. By the way, I just came back from Israel and I was, um, my uh, brother-in-law is a tour guide, so we didn't really go on a tour but when it had snowed, we went on like a mini little hike up a mountain or whatever, and it started they had one of the like near where they live in the Yeshua one of the, the uh, oldest you know o- oldest uh, wine presses uh, wine or olive no olive presses that had been found anyway but uh, there was also like this uh um, um, I forget what they call it, but they, this dove coat. You see this in all, a lot of these excavations. Dove coat, dove coat, right? But you know, it's like this thing in the ground, and it's got like all of these little holes in it, like all these little. Like, yeah, exactly. So anyway, so he was pointing out to me that you know, I said, so what? What is it? Why, like, well, you know, what was the big deal with pigeons and doves? Why were they so used? He said it required very little upkeep. You know, you didn't really have to do much to feed them, and you know, and they could be, and they, and uh, you know. They, and they were a very ready source of meat and uh, they could be you know they were inexpensive and you use them regularly for korbanot so it's interesting you know when we think about think about that often the korban ani or some of these korbanot you know like when you have things that have a very you know have sort of uh, you know different levels you know and you have the birds or you often have the birds here by the Tara process I mean just to you know connect that to the prevalence of how much pigeons and birds and whatever were just a ready a ready source of like a you know of, 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 for these korbanot <laughs> Yeah, no, no, not just Corbano, but the point is, if they, if this was so pre, the point is, it was a very prevalent and ready source of meat, so it was also the way to bring a live Corban in an inexpensive way. You know, so, so here's yeah. Your are being, um, these are, these are the, your Corban for the Tara process. Exactly, they're put together. Well, yeah, I mean, the question is, a lot of these Corbanot of the birds, of, of Achatas and Nola, are for the end of a Tahara process. Right. Okay, so let's take a look. Obelikicha um, Obiasia. Mesve says, I'm going to ask you, the Asau Chatat. What? Yeah, only at those two moments. So now, it's going to, now, now this is obviously why we quoted it because it's going to bring in the bright that we just quoted by um, the uh, by, by the goats. <coughs> Only the lots determine which is the chatas, not the designation. I could have made a kavachomer. 
where the lots don't do anything like in the case of the birds the designation does something where the, where the lots does something like by the goats how much more so should verbal designation work the goro makes it into the not the designation that was the right that we quoted but now the Gemara is going to say we're not comparing like to like because the moment of the Hagrala is not the moment of the purchase and it's not the moment of the bringing of the Korofon, of the Shechita. So how can you make a comparison what works at that moment to the case of the birds if at the birds that's not a significant moment? So that's the Gemara's question. Okay, so the Gemara says <coughs> um, the Hahacha in this case of the, of this, of the goats the lav shas lekicha, the lav shas asiyahi. It's not the time of purchase. It's not the time of being made, meaning the actual shechita viktani um, to cover. And it's saying that the goro makes it into a into a chat into a chatas, and it's contrasting it to the case of the birds. It's assumed to be the contrast where the verbal designation does it. But the verbal designation doesn't work at this time by the birds. So what's the comparison? So Amar Rava, so Rava says hachi This is how you have to read it. Yeah. What's in the case by birds that the the, the last do not designate the and even if you would try to do the lots at the time of purchase or at the time of of Malika, it wouldn't work. So the lots don't work at any stage by by the birds. Nevertheless, nevertheless, a, ver- a verbal designation works. So that by birds, lots don't work at any stage, but a verbal designation does at least work at two points. Okay, so that's an example where lots never work, but a verbal designation works at those two points. That's by the birds. So makom where the girl does work, in the case of the ghost, where the girl does work, true, not at the time of purchase or the time of shrita, but girl works at least at some point. So if that's true, verbal designation should at least work either at the time of purchase or at the time of shrita. Which means what it's saying is like this. Do I have any working markers or not? I don't know if this is going to help this will make it a little easier. But basically, if you look at the case of the birds, oh, look, that works. Okay? So here's Masicha, and here's Asiya, right? And here's all the time in between. So in this case, right, Agrola doesn't work at any point. Right? That doesn't work at any stage. But at least at these two points, you know, Kriya Hashem works. So in the case, therefore, it's saying, so that's what you get by birds. So here, Hagrola doesn't work at all, but at least Kriya Hashem works at two points. So by the case of the goats, right? So here, it is true that, that so here, Hagrola at least works at this point. So the argument is, here, Hagrola doesn't work at all, but and verbal designation does work does. at these two points. Right. So by the goats where Hagrala works at some stage, then uh, why don't we say that verbal designation can work at the places where they work with the at birds? Not verbal designation here, but verbal designation at the time of purchase or at the time of Shrita. How come verbal designation won't work there if it works in the case of the birds? And there is because we have the Pasuk that says the only thing that works is the lots 
not verbal so negation. Maybe bidyevet, right? Or if you didn't do it, meaning exactly that to explore that as an alternative. It was a classic. You know, it was a classic argument where you could derive, a, you could reach a certain conclusion al pi Right. Exactly. Exactly. But the way the Gemara is dealing with this thing, we weren't trying to get verbal designation to work at the time of the lots. We are trying to argue that maybe verbal designation should work like it works by the birds at those two other times. Okay. Toshma, now that we have pulled in this discussion, we are going to finish the discussion about the birds, even though this is not directly about Avodas Yom Kippurim. Toshma, I heard that. Metamin Mikdash Ani. Now, one case that somebody can bring a bird korban is at the end of Vayikra Hay, um, is some special cases of sins, which, um, is, which is a korban, a unique korban called a korban olaviorade, which is a korban of, um, of, of going up and down, of, of, you know, of, it could be of, um, like, the scale, like, like the, Torah, the Torah charges on a scale. So, on a sliding scale. Um, and based on if you're rich or if you're poor, if you're very poor, do you bring, like, you know, livestock? Do you bring birds? Or do you bring a, uh, you know, a mincha? So, what are the types of sins that here? So, I'll just read you very quickly. This is at the end of Parsha Sayyikra. So, it speaks, so it says, it says so here's, like, the, some, the sins that fall into that category. So somebody that basically takes an oath that they don't know testimony and they're lying. So lying about particularly in an oath about testimony. That you are menu and it's hidden from you. And you sin. So what sin did you do? So Chazal understand the sin is you entered into the Beit Hamikdash or you ate a korban. So that's called Tumat Mikdash Vikadashav, the Tumah of the Beit Hamikdash and of its sanctified things, its korbanot. So you did you 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 transgressed the Mikdash when you were Tamei without knowing. Okay, and then it goes. You take a shvua and you don't, and you forget about it and you don't do it. So what do you do? So there's vidui. You bring a sheep, a female sheep. If you can't afford a sheep, two pigeons or two turtle doves. So that's our case. And then the final case is right then you get flowers so very nice that there's this like sliding, sliding scale in these cases so the Gemara here deals with that and it picks one of those sins it picks the case of so let's take a look Tashma says like this um um, or mace, we heard. Tashma, Mitami Mikdash, somebody that was, was Tamei when they entered into the Mikdash. And by the way, in the context of Yom Kippur, interesting to think about how it frames it. It's not Tamei Shenichnasla Mikdash, but Mitamei Mikdash. You were Mitamei the Mikdash. Now, obviously, you don't take the Mesa Mikdash and put it into a Mikvah. Okay, but that sense of the Tumat Mikdash is a very major theme of Yom Kippur, of what the Kohen Gadol is doing, is cleansing it from the Tumat. So, Mitamei Mikdash Ani, now this person was poor, and, um, and that means would have brought a bird sacrifice, and that when he did the sin, the Frishma'ot the Kino, and he set aside some money for his pair of birds, the Hashir, and then he became rich. The ach, now, the halacha is, is that if, you're, if your fortunes change, you go by what you are when you bring the korban. The hour, well, it might depend, but at least that's the case here. The Aharkach Amar, so now he's rich, now he's obligated in the sheep, not in the birds. And, but he has this pile of money. 
and then he says, He splits the pile in half, and he says, this half of the pile will be for a chatas, and this half of the pile will be for an ola. And now his status has changed, and he's in the, he's in the sheet category. So, what's the halacha? So, mosif umevi chovatomid mechatato, the pile that he says for the chatas, that can still be used for the sheep chatas. So that half of the pile, add on it the extra money that you need to get to the price of a sheep, which is obviously significantly more than the price of a bird, and use that money with extra money to buy your, to buy your sheep chatas. The aim mosif who may be the pile, the half of the pile that he said would be an ola, you can't use that money for your chatas, you said it's an ola, and you don't, you're not obligated in an ola when you're bringing a sheep. A sheep is only one, it's only the birds that are two. Okay, we'll talk about later what you do with this. You basically have that money go to an, uh, a, a, you know, a free, uh, an Ola bird that's a, a Nedava. Okay, so that's what it says. Okay, that's a pretty straightforward right, uh, but let's take a look at the Gemara. So the Gemara says, one minute, says the Gemara. The ha-ha-ha, in this case, uh, where were we? The lav shasakicha v'lav shasakicha When you're splitting the pile in half, it's not the time to purchase. You didn't purchase the birds then, okay? You know, what, what would you, would it even work by money? Would you say when you designate the money, would, you, would, it, would it be only when you purchase the, the birds? But nevertheless, it's some midpoint. You first set aside the money and then you split it. So it's not the time of lakicha. The lav shasakicha, not the time of actual bringing of the korban, the tani the and it sounds like your designation determines which half is a chatas, which half is an ola. So the fascinating thing is that the gemara could have said that this is before that that, that before you actually when you're dealing with money, the story is different. Before you actually deal with the birds themselves, you know. But the gemara doesn't say that. It assumes that it works in it works sort of by the same system. So I'm going to have Sheshis, or Sheshis said back to Tispera. One minute. This, does this bright to make sense anyway? Forget our issue about when can you designate the Chatas and the Ola. The bright that doesn't make sense. Why does the bright that not make sense? So I'm a Rebbe Eliezer, I'm a Rebbe Hoshea. Metame Miktash Ashir, the Hevi Korbanani, if somebody was rich, when they were obligated to bring a to bring uh, this korban because they were tamei and they entered into the mikdash and they, so they would have brought a sheep and then instead b'dieved I'm mean, not b'dieved he brought uh, wittingly unwittingly doesn't matter in, he, but instead he brought the birds he did not bring the sheep and he actually brought that as a korban b'dieved does it work if you if you bring a korban from a different place on the scale b'dieved will it work okay that's the question so especially if you go lower on the scale yeah, going up right so Mar says lo yatsa. According to Rebbe Hoshea, you were not Yotze. So if that's true, that you, uh, an Ashir cannot be Yotze with the Korban of an Ani, so here's the question. In, in this Breitza, forgetting about the moment of designation, the Kivan de lo Yotze, since you're not Yotze, Hechi Kava. How could it be, I sanctified this pile of money for my bird. Now I became rich. If I were to bring the birds that this money is, is for, um, I wouldn't be Yotze. So this pile of money is really not relevant to my Korban. I'm, it's no longer in the category of me bringing a korban from this money. This was for the birds, for the birds, this, and, and it's and it's not and it's not and it's not relevant. So how could it be? Forget what moment was it? Latiha, asia. Once I'm out of the category, how could any now designation of chatas and ola be a meaningful designation since I no longer relate to this to the to the, to the sanctity of this money? Not call anymore. Right. No, so any no. role that I normally could play about designating the money, I've been taken out of the category. By the way, that money that had been designated when you were an ani and now you're an ashir, right. is it now that you're an ashir, it's no longer hectic? So no, no, it is hectic. So we'll talk about what you do oh, with it. We'll talk about what you do with okay. it. But the question is, I don't have a role of designating it anymore. I have been taken out of the category. So the Gemara says, 
How could you establish what it's used for? So, what can you say? How, do you, how, how must you explain this Brayta? Although the Brayta says he became rich and then designated, we must say the Brayta is being imprecise. And what the Brayta means is that you separated the money and then you became rich. And then right. it's talking about what you do with it. If that's how we're already rereading the Brayta, that it's being imprecise, right. so, so once I'm saying it's being imprecise, I'll say that you already said which is the Chathas and which is the Ola at the time that you set aside the money, and it wasn't two stages, it was really one stage. Okay, so basically the way it answers it is by saying it's being imprecise, but it makes a convincing argument why it's imprecise, because you're out of the category. Now the says one minute. But that's only good if you assume that you are out of the category. Well, Rabbi Chaga, I'm Rabbi Yoshia, but Rabbi Chaga in the name of Rabbi Yoshia disagrees with Rabbi Yoshia. And he says that a rich person who brought a lesser korban is Yotze. So according to him, you're not out of the category. So we are not forced to say that the bright is imprecise. And if that's true, it really means like it says it means, that after you set aside the money, you're still considered in the category, because if you brought this, you'd be Yotze, and now you can establish half for Chathas, half for an Ola, and you're doing it um, not at the time of Lakicha and not at the time of Asiya. So we're back to our question. So the Gemara says, Lo amar. So the Gemara says, okay, but I'm going to give more or less the same answer. I'm not forced to say it's imprecise, but nevertheless, here is how I'm going to reread the Brayta. Don't have it say that after I set aside the money, then I said, El amar. What I did was, but it's going to be a significant change of the scenario, because I put aside a pile of money, and here's what it says. It's not like I just said this half of money is for Chathas, this half is for Omabah. Then I've got a problem. It's not Shachlachicha. What I did is I took this pile of money, right? I went over to my good friend Sam here, and I said, Sam, here, give me two birds. And then I said, this bird is a chatzas, this bird is an ola. So that's shachlachicha. So when the Brayta said, you separated the pile, and you know, afterwards you designated half for chatzas, half for an ola, what's being read is, yeah, what's the afterwards? When you purchased it, you designated. Of course, there's a little bit of a problem. Because what does the Brayta say you do with the chatzas money? If you add money on it, and bring, a, bring your sheep. But it's now a bird. <laughs> I'm supposed to do. So let's take a look. So the Gemara says, You purchased them? How do you add money and bring your, your sheep? So what would be the only way to explain that in your scenario? You'd have to redeem the bird, you know, the, the bird transfer the producer of the bird onto money, and then use the money. So, but that's not going to work. Although we know that if a korban has a mum, a blemish, you can transfer its value to money and then use it to buy another korban, Chazal understand that that's only by livestock. It does not apply to birds. Birds, even if they get a blemish and can't be used, can't be used, but you can't redeem them. So if you actually already purchased the bird, how are you going to now use that towards your korban? So the Gemara says, um, Amar of Papa. So Papa has a, has a good answer to this. Let's take a look. Kigon shalakach pray to achas iola zavan mosifumevi chovasa. So here's what he says. So first I'll explain it to you, and then we'll read it. I've got my pile of money. Okay, I don't go over to Sam with this whole pile of a hundred dollars and get what whatever ten dollars and get one for chatzas and one for an ola. What I do is I take half the pile, five dollars, and I go to Sam and I get one bird. Okay, either chatzas or an ola. But once I get one bird, that's shaslakicha. And that automatically, therefore, you know, it designates the remainder of the pile of money as the other bird. So actually, we can make it into a case of shas lekicha 
and there still be money left over because I only bought one bird, so that's the time to do the designation, but it still leaves me with the pile of money that's designated the other way that I can now add to it and bring the chashas. Okay? And bring a sheep. Right. So but it's uh, been designated for a bird. Yeah, but apparently that's seen as not, that is a, the chiddish of this brighta. That even bird. though, that even though it's been sanctified for a chatas, you know, for a bird, for this person, um, since it's a chatas for this korban and you're using it for chatas, that's still transferred. Now, I do wonder. It's fungible. It's I, now, fungible. the question is, what if, the question is, what if he was specific? He said, yeah. most Elu for my two birds, you know, not just for my, for my korban, for my give, two birds. Give me one now. Right, right. So, no, no, but if at the time of, of that he sanctified the money, he specifically said for my bird korbanot, right. could you still transfer it? I don't know. Okay, but it, certainly it's, you can understand this if he was non-specific. These are for my korban. Then his exactly. korban changes. Okay, so let's yeah. take a look. So the Gemara says like this, Kigon, Shalakach Preda'achas, you only bought one bird with half the money. If you, the bird you bought, you said was an Ola, because then you can designate it at the time of purchase. So the remainder money is Chathos money. So now, um, again, remember, now you are rich. Uh, you, you, you can still designate, because Bidyevid, you could use these for the birds. But now you're rich. So the leftover money that became Chathos money, so add to that money and bring your Chathos. The high Ola, now what do you do with the Ola bird that's been bought? You just do it as a Korban, a free will Korban. By the way, we never said what you, when we thought the scenario was just two piles of money, we never said what you did with the money for the bird, right? Now you actually have a bird in hand. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, okay, but presumably it would be the same thing. Presumably, even when we dealt with two piles of money, the leftover pile that was for the bird would then be used for a bird to dove. That's in this woman. Let me just finish the scenario. That's when the, bir- the one you purchased was the Ola, then you could add to the leftover money for a chata. Um, now if you went ahead and used half the pile to buy a chatos so the leftover money is for the ola so then you are really stuck that's the second part of the brighta. the brighta said you can add to the chatos money but you can't add to the ola money to bring your chata, to bring your sheep so the way he's reading it is those are two scenarios if your leftover money was the chatos money and the bird you bought was an ola then you can add to that and bring your sheep if the leftover money was the Ola money, because the bird you bought, you said you designated a chatas, then you cannot add, use that money towards your sheep. So when the brighter says, what do you do with this half and that half? He said, those are two different scenarios. Okay? The high chatas, and what do you do with the bird that's a chatas? So what do you do with a chatas that you can't bring? Azlolamisa, so you have to let it die. Okay? Now that's interesting, I should point out, because since Bidyeved, we said this is working within the assumption that Bidyeved you could be Yotze, but nevertheless, that's not considered to be Bidyeved, right? Bidyeved means literally, the literal word Bidyeved means Bidyavad, post facto. You've already done it. So this might be now halachically, we sometimes say Shafa the Chak dummy. But anyway, this is not a Bidyeved yet, so yes, we're gonna, I'm going to go bring my sheep and I will let, have to let that bird die because I cannot be brought as a korban. Okay, you had a question, though. Simple question. What's this word preda? Why is that referred to the bird? Yeah, that's just the way in rabbinic terminology a khan is referring to the two birds and a preda is one of the two birds. So, uh, preda is a technical let, word for one of those two yeah, birds. Yeah, I mean, I assume that means like, a, you know, a, a portion, like, like preda is separation. Separation? So, so, right, I mean, so one of the two because you're separating the two, but... So but that's the way it refers to what, yes, exactly. It's a technical terminology. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay. So now, so anyway, that was to, to defend the position that it's only b'shashashikha b'shashashia, and we said that the scenario of leftover money is that you purchased one, and you have, of money being designated is you purchased one, and you have leftover money. Gufa. Now, let's go back to the other, to the other statement we dragged along here about what happens with changing fortunes. Amor Abelezer, Amor Abihoshaya. If the bride was rich when he did the sin, and he brings the lesser korban, the, the bird, lo yatsa. So Rabbi Hoshaya says you do not, you're not yotze if you go down on the scale. Rabbi Chaga, Amar Rabbi Hoshaya, yatsa. Rabbi Chaga, in the name of Rabbi Hoshaya, so it's two traditions in the name of Rabbi Hoshaya, says you are yotze if you brought lower down on the scale. Now, it's interesting, we don't know where they're getting their opinions from, but Mesway, let's try to clarify, okay? Mitzorani, we have a brightie here in the Ga'im by a Mitzorah, somebody that has these blemishes. And Mitzorah also has a sliding scale. So what does, what's the halacha there if he takes from a different position on the scale? If he brings. Mitzorah Ani Shehevi Korban if he's poor and he goes up on the scale, he brings the richer Korban, Yatsa, brightie says, you're Yotzei. Asher Shehevi Korbanani, if you're rich and you buy, bring from the lower point on the scale, lo yatsa, you're not yotzei. So what do you see? Presumably it's all the same halacha, right? I mean, yes, it's different categories in the Torah. One is Korban Olaviyore, the other is Mitzora, but they both have the same idea of a sliding scale. And you, see, and you see there, you see there by Mitzora, to go down on the sliding scale is no good. So how could there, what's the, how, do, how do you defend yourself, uh, the tradition of Rabbi Hoshaya that says if you go down on the scale, it is good. Not by Mitzora, but by the case of, of another Korban Olaviyore. So let's see what the Gemara says. So obviously the goal would be to say that Mitzorah is a different category. Or say there's just a machuket on there. Uh, no, but oh, it's, maybe this is a Mishnah. This is a Mishnah and those are, right, Amariah. Yeah, Apparently not. Shani Hatim. No, so we're going to say Mitzorah is an exception. There it's different. The verse says, Zos. Zos tiye taratam Mitzorah biyom tarato. This. Meaning it has to be exactly um, the way it is and you can't, you know, you can't fool around. So it's exactly the way it's, suppo- it's set up. Yahachi, if that's it, that everything has to be precise, so it is a Reishanami. How about going up on the scale? The first half of that Mishnah, right? Ha, so, so, you're, so it says if you go up on the scale, you are Yosei. That's not precise. So it says, Harabi Rachmana Torat. No, because it says, Zotiyeh Torat. Torah means a category, which means that it's more inclusive. So one word is in- exclusive and one word is inclusive. So we make a logical, you know, assi- assigning, okay. uh, you know, which is, is that going down, going up is better than going down. Well, uh, yeah, but also logically, the Torah wants to go easy on you. You're only entitled for the sort of lower scale if you're entitled for it, you know. But if you want to bring, you know, do more, koakavot. So that's what we say by Mitzorah. So by Mitzorah, you can only go up and you can't go down. If it's down, it's so good because of the word Zot. But, what Rabbi Hoshai would say, but, by, but we don't have the word Zot by the case of Korban Olaviore, and there, B'dyeved, even if you went down, you would still be Yotze. Okay? So the Gemara says, Ihachi Reishanami Harabi Rachmana Torat. I'm sorry. And we talk the same in the Bible. Vatanya sometimes is a word to introduce a challenge, but sometimes it's a word to introduce a, um, you know, a, a support. And we talk just like this in the Brita. The word Torah says that you don't have to be precise. If you're poor and you bring uh, uh, the Korban of a rich person, you're Yosef. Maybe if, if you went down on the scale, you'd be Yosef. It says Zot. So exactly what we said is in the Brita, that's where you get it by a Mitzorah, but it's only by a Mitzorah. 
So now the Gemara says, V'nei with me, nay. Why is it only by Mitzvah? Let's use this as a paradigm. Let's apply this same principle to our case. So why here does there, is there a version of Rabbi Yoshai that says you are allowed to go down? So the word Dalhu, if he, the word who is seen as extra, is seen to sort of be pointing a finger, so it's saying like, um, wait a minute, what is it saying? Um, that's by the Mitzorah, that's not by the Olaviorate. So it says, who, by this case, by the Mitzorah case, a poor person, if he goes, you know... It, uh, you know, you have to be to have this type of precision. And if you're rich and you bring the korban of a poor person, you're not yotze. But Rabbi Yoshai would say, in the case of a korban olaviyoreid, we are not as precise. So we have more words by Mitzorah. We have a word that sort of that tells me you can go up and not down. Torah says you can go up. Um, um, Zo tells me you can't go down. Why don't I apply that to other cases? Because the other word by Mitzorah is indalhu, which is saying. Here is where, by this case, this person is where these principles apply. These principles do n- are not meant to apply elsewhere. Isn't that by all so, cases of Konovior, even Dalhu, not just by the Mitzorah? Yeah, but we use it by the Mitzorah to tell me don't apply whatever principles you have here. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, what? That is possibly is by the Mitzorah. You know, Michael, this gets to the larger question, because, okay, about whether, how much is it sort of things that they knew and that they're finding the, the link in the Pasuk, how much is it really open-ended and they're deriving it from the Pasuk? It's unusual yeah. for hot tanya to be supported. Uh, unusual, but not, but not rare. I mean, it, there's many cases of it. There are many cases of it. Okay, so now we get to go back to the Avodah. Let's take a look. Now, Kashar Lashon Shel Zahorit, Berosh Se'ir HaMishaleh. So where are we, by the way? Well, we'll have to probably have to list the Seder of again, but let's get back to the visuals for a moment. Okay, so here is your again. Okay. Um, anyway, so here's the Kodesh Kadashim. What? Here's the Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I know how it ends. <laughs> Okay, here's your Azara, right? Here's your Museah. Now, what have we said? Let's review what's been happening. Okay, step number one is you do the par. And that's what said Bain Ha'ulam Bala There was a whole discussion of is the space Bain Ha'ulam Bala in the north or not? Right? Is the whole thing in the south? Is it, is it in the north or not? But let's assume that it's in the north. Okay, let's assume that this is the line between north and south. So here he is with the cow in Ulam Balamitea. He does his Zidoy. Okay? That's step number one. That's par. Okay? How does he get him to turn his head? Whatever. Now, he walks over here and it says, it, it says to the north of the Mizbeach is where he's doing the thing with the goat. Okay? Here are the two goats. Right? Here are the lots. Hashem, whatever. Right? Here he is. Now, so that's what he's done now. He's done the things. He's designated. So that's where we are. We're up to stage number two, which is the Seirim. Okay, so the last thing we had read was that he drew the lots and that he designated right hand, left hand, the whole thing. Now we're going to do some more. Well, there's the Skan, there's the Avbasin, remember, so they were there. And oh, presumably there were a lot of people that were watching the Afoda. I think to that three-way Machlokas earlier, if you doubt people go like, where's Tafon? Like, exactly. He added areas you could add. Like, exactly. Exactly. Could he have done it all here? Could he have done it here? I'm just keeping to the language of the Mishnah. No, no. By, no. The, by the way, 
the whole thing, is this area. This is the only area that he has to be alone. Okay? The this this is the Oomoed, is the Heichal. Right? That's the, that's the Torah, that's the Oomoed in the Torah. Right. Okay. Same thing as the Ulam. This is the Ulam, which does not have a counterpart in the Torah, and, this, and the, the open air space is the Azara. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm following the Mishnah, which assume, which which is which, I'm just going by the Mishnah. I know the Gemara sort of, you know, that was the whole discussion in the earlier Dapim. But the, in the Mishnah, he was between the Ulam and Mizbeach and still in the north. So that assumes that the altar was partly in the north. Okay. Yes. According to another version, he was in the space beyond. He was here. He wasn't actually here. That was the discussion you had a few days ago. Okay. So let's take a look. So he put the red thing, the red string, um, and he tied it to the head of the, um, um, of the animal that's to be uh, sent over the cliff. You know, we normally assume it means the horns, but it doesn't say the horns, it just says tied it on the head, so it's tied around the neck. But we'll get to more of that later. And then he took that goat and put it opposite where the, the uh, gate from where it would be sent away. Okay, so we'll discuss later where exactly that gate was, but he put the, the, that goat went and was taken away, whether he took it, um, or, or other people then took it, but it was placed now, ready to be sent away by the door that it would leave from. So Lanishchat, the one that's going to be shechted, um, interesting that it calls it Lanishchat, it doesn't call it the one that's Lahashem, but you know, anyway, that's going to be the next stage, is shechting it, and also ties into the, to what we're doing with it. The Lanishchat, Keneged Beit Shkitato, you put it opposite the house of Shkita. Now what exactly that means, we will talk about. Well, the simple sense of reading it presumably would mean you put it in the place where you're going to do the Shkita. Okay, but we'll see how the Gemara interprets it. Okay, so that's, that's it. He's got those two animals ready, one ready to be sent away, the other ready to be shechted. Bolo ate paroshniya. Then he comes back to his cow. The Samashteyadabalavu mitvadeh. He puts his hands on it and he says the vidoy. The kachaya omer. This is what he would say. Ana Hashem. Chatasi, Avisi, Pashati, right? Or actually, if you look at the side, the Gears and the Mishnah, because remember, the Gemara had a whole question, which is the order. So the Mishnah is Avati, Avisi, Pashati, Chatasi, which is, reflects the Lashon and the Psukim. Lefanecha, Ni Ubeisi, Amkadoshecha. Now he's not only me, Ubnei Aron, not only me and my immediate household, but all of the Kohanim, because this is for him and for the Kohanim. That's, you see, follows the Aviti Pashati Chatati. They get this straight from the master. By the way, goes on the second half of the Pasuk. It's not period. So we've seen that already. So now after step number two, he goes back here for step number three and does it again, but this time it is also with all, for all of the Kohani. So it's okay. Kitaru's reflection. Kitaru's reflection. Yes. And everybody, everybody who's in the other rod. No, like I said, there's a lot of people. Like they could be filled the other rod. They're there to watch the ceremony. Okay. So they ask the question. When it says that for the nishchat you do it, you know, 
Well, how do you read that line? Does it mean Vilanishkar Akshira Kai? Does it mean you tie the red string to the head of the one that's going to be sent away, and the, you tie the red string to the one that will be shechted, opposite where it will be shechted, which will mean around its neck? So maybe when it says what you do to the one that will be shechted, it's not talking about where you place it. It goes back to the first verb. It goes back to the tying of a red string. Oh, Ahamatakai. Or is it saying the second verb? You placed the one that's going to be sent in one place, and you placed the one that's going to be shechted in another place. So it really seems like the latter, you know, because that was the most proximate verb. But let's see what the Gemara says. Tashma, come in here, just tell Rev Yosef. Rev Yosef has a brighter. You would tie a red string to the head of the goat that will be sent away. Notice again, by the way, it says head, not horns. Okay. And you stand it opposite where it's going to be sent away from. Where it will be shechted. So from. Now again, that's still the same ambiguity. Do you tie a red string where it'll be shechted, or do you place it where it'll be shechted? So, so, so now, the, but we're going to learn from the next statement. So the two goats should not be mixed up one to the other. So and should not be mixed up with other goats. Now, I have to tell you, I don't begin to understand other goats. What other goats are walking around in excess? <laughs> unless, you know, unless maybe the concern is that when you're, when you're ra- taking the goat out, like let the, and you're racing it off the cliff. Let's say a herd of goats comes by and it gets mixed up, and you so that could be a scenario. Okay, so the Gemara says like this: If it's saying that you tie a red string around its neck where it will be shechted from, okay. So Shapia, now I understand that the red strings separate them from one another. Now the way they were separated from one another would presumably be because the red string on the goat sent away would be between its horns and the red string yeah, on the one to be shafted. Same thing. It's like, let's, right. let's use a color for milk of inflation. This is the same no. color. No, 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 no. It's very easy. You just designate M for milchix and M for meat. So there you go. So anyway, okay. So, all right. So anyway, if they both have red strings and the red strings are in different places, the one for the goat to be sent off the cliff would be between the horns and the one for the goat to be shafted would be on its neck. Then they're, de- they're separate from one another and they're separate from other animals. So then, so, so they both have strings. Shapir, now we get it. But if only the one has the red string, and when it talks about the, the one you're going to shaft, it's not a string. It's just talking about where you stand it, where you place it. So I don't get it. If I get how it won't get mixed up with the other goat, because the other one has a string and this doesn't, but the high kotcher bay, the high low kotcher bay, the one that's going off the cliff has, has a string tied on it and this does not, but the but this could still get mixed up with others. So... So how do you say that we have now prevented them from getting mixed up with others? You haven't prevented this one. You've just placed it somewhere. So it must be when it says that the one will be shechted, you do it where it will be shechted. It doesn't mean you place it at the place it will be shechted. It means you put a string around its neck from where it will be shechted. And the Gemara actually concludes this way. So who ever heard of this? Right? Did you know this? You've been saying the avoda the entire your entire lives. All of a sudden, we find out that there's also a red string around the one you're going to shaft around its neck, and that seems to be how the gemara concludes. But it is interesting that that does not seem to be reflected. I don't know about all the various piyutim for the avoda, but does not seem to be reflected, you know, in modern later literature. And by the way, the brayta is not hard to understand. The only one, like I said before, that you have to keep that, that you have to make clear doesn't get mixed up with others is the one you're sending away because then it actually might encounter some other goats on its trip to the cliff. The one that's here in the Alzara is not going to encounter any other goats 
So you don't really need to keep that one separate from others. But this is the way the Gemara is reading the Brita, that there was a red string on the horns of the one to be sent over, and a red string around the neck of the one that was going to be shachted. Okay, now let's move on to Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, so we're going to still be dealing with the string. Stay with Shonos Shamati. I heard about two strings. Achas um, Shalpara, one of the Paraduma, because the Torah says by the Paraduma, when you're burning the Parah, it says you throw into it Eitz Erez Ve'ezov, right? A piece of cedar and a hyssop. Ushni Tolat, and a red string. So that's another red string. Okay, the red string, by the way, of the goat being sent off is nowhere in the Torah. Right? I mean, for us, it's like this whole very big symbolism, but that's, you know, not in the Torah. Okay, anyway... To deepen the red color along with the azov. Um, no, it's understood to be a separate red string. Okay. Yep. But for, I thought there for the purposes of deepening. The I don't know what the purpose is. It's one of the things you throw into the fire. Okay. So let's take a look. Okay. One has a minimum size, and the other does not have a minimum size. Now, of course, if you've got to get it around the horns, by practically it has a minimum size. But other than what you practically need, there's no specific quantifiable demand. So, I don't know which is which. Amar of Yosef. Let's us figure it out. Let's take a look ourselves. The one you're going to send over the cliff, it's not enough to tie it between the horns, because we're going to find out later that you split it. You keep half. And you keep the other half around the horn so you can see that remaining half turning white. So that one, you actually need a minimum, meaning it has, it's not just practically what connects to the horns. Now, of course, you could say, okay, but again, it's not, a for, it's not a formal number. It's just enough to do the job. But that's considered to be, translates into a minimum, okay, in order to be able to achieve both, to have it between the horns and have a half left over. Um, the shapara, the low by chaluka, the one of the parts that you're not going to split in half, low by sheer, it doesn't have a minimum, any tiny string will be fine. So maski flarami barchama, sarami barchama asked on this, the paranami by COVID, one minute. The para needs to have, when you throw it in the fire, if it doesn't have weight to it, it's going to like flutter away. So it needs a minimum, not necessarily a minimum length, but maybe a minimum weight. There might be some quantity, minimum, quantity. yeah, you need some weight to it in order for it to be, uh, fall into the fire. So, says you cast it in the fire. If I threw it and it's like fluttered into the fire like this, that's not v'hishlich, that's not to cast it in the fire. So it would need a minimum too. So the Gemara says, well, gee, just more, one more line. Amalei Rava, Kovet Tanahi. Okay, the, the, the idea of whether you need weight for the, uh, for the string, whether the string has to fall or can it flutter by the paraduma, we're going to see later tomorrow is a debate of Tanayim. So, according to the Tana that says it doesn't have to have weight, a lot of weight, it can flutter in. According to that approach, we would understand that the paraduma does not have a minimum size or a minimum weight. The tiniest amount, let it flutter in, that's fine. But the goat does have a minimum, at least in length, because you need amount between the horns and you need another amount to preserve. What we're going to see tomorrow is a whole range of different opinions about which one has a minimum and other red strings and how they fit into this question about minimum size or minimum weight.